morning worship service of the King's Edition Baptist Church. <clears throat> we trust that you will receive a blessing <clears throat> as you worship with us around the Word of God. I do apologize for my voice this morning. We've been having little problems. I've had pneumonia this couple weeks, and and um, I'm still a little weak, but uh, we're going to be preaching a message that's going to be um, a little difficult, and so uh, bear with me if I break down at times and so on. But open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of John, chapter 1 and verse 14. John, chapter 1 and verse 14. And we will also use as our text John, chapter 20 and verse 31. So John 1 and 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Then in chapter 20 of the book of John, and verse 31, it says, But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. <clears throat> the subject of my message today is walking with Jesus. My wife Wilma, Brother Carl Conley, Charlie Lybrooks, Sister Thelma Thomas, Arthur Everman, and countless others. These are recent ones. And then countless others that have recently gone to be with the Lord, they are now walking with Jesus. And as I thought about that, and thought about the subject for the message, and, and thought about it, and I don't know, I may have enough for five messages, I don't know, but um, I thought about it. And the fact that we can rejoice that they who are our loved ones and friends are rejoicing with the fact that they can walk with Jesus and see Him. But then I got to thinking, they didn't just begin walking with Jesus. You see... We can and should be walking with Jesus today. And the thing that we need to think about in this message, uh, while I'm preaching this message, are we? Are we? Are we walking like we should with Jesus? So I got to thinking about how we can and why we should. How we can and why we should. Now in this, we will read a lot of scriptures, which might come as a surprise to some. <laughs> Steve says no. Um, 
Years ago, someone told me, says, Brother Hobbs, you used too many scriptures. And I said, what do you mean? The Lord called me to preach His Word, not what I think. And so I have been known to use a lot of scripture. And you know, to think about a subject such as this, how can we and why should we walk with Jesus? There's a lot of things to think about. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Savior, but He He came... Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. And it will tell about the birth of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through uh, 7. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because it was, he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. The Bible tells us that Jesus was born as a human being in Bethlehem. Let me remind you that as we read in the book of John for our text, that he was the Word that was with God when he created the world. It says in John 1.14 that we read a moment ago that he, Jesus is the Word. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so, uh, let's just go back there for just a minute. And it says here, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was made flesh. He always has been. He is God. But John says that when God created the world, that the Word was with God and the Word was God. And it says that the Word was made flesh. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born into this world for a reason. And our message, that the message for that would be a total, a total message in itself that we'll preach at some other time. But back when the world was, before the world was created, God had a book. Not like books that we would think about, but a book that would be the kind of book that an Almighty God could have, and only an Almighty God could have. And in that book, 
with written names. All the names of all of God's people. Of all the people of God that would ever, that has been saved and will be saved. His people were written in that book. So there had to be a way that they would be saved. And God the Son, Jesus Christ, was sent by God Almighty to be born of a virgin and to be one who was born without sin so he could take our sin. Mary was that virgin. Mary was espoused to, uh, to uh, Joseph, was engaged to Joseph. And we don't, we're not going to take time to go into that part of it, but just to tell you that the angel of God spoke to Mary and to Joseph, told Joseph that his wife would have bear a child that would be of God. And Mary was told that she would become pregnant, bear a child. So they they were married, but Joseph understood, and their marriage was not consummated until after the Lord Jesus was born. As far as the husband and father and wife was concerned, but they were married, and out of this woman came the Jesus Christ that we're talking about. We don't have time this message. Not only uh, will we not talk about the uh, things leading up to this, as we mentioned a moment ago. But we won't have time in this message to talk about his life in, in, as it happened time and again. The things that he did while here on earth. He, um, during his life, he healed the sick and raised the dead, fed the multitudes, walked on water, started his church, was baptized into it. And on and on and on were multitudes of things that he did. We don't have time for that in this message. Maybe in some messages later on we'll be talking about different ones of those things. But he came here for one purpose. He was born to die. He was born to become a sacrifice for all who would believe in Jesus. For all who would see Him as their Savior. All those whose names were already written in the book of life. He came to die for the sins of every one that was ever, ever to be born. Someone said that He died for uh, our past sins, no, most of our sins were not past sins, they were all future. 
He died for all sins of all His people, those for whom He was sent to die. He came to die for His people. His purpose in coming here to earth was to die. So while He did all the things that I mentioned and said that we would would talk about at another time, all the things that He did on earth, multitudes of things that He did while on earth. He did things that we cannot even imagine, but there's one thing He did not do. And that is, like all the rest of us, He did not sin. Because He didn't have a human father. He was not born a sinner, as we all were. He had the Father. He, the, the Father was the Holy Spirit of God. And he, she had no sin. He had no sin, I mean. Jesus was born without sin. Nor did he sin. From the time that he was a little child, he never, he, he never cried when it was, when it was uh, wrong to cry. He only cried as a babe when it was necessary. He did nothing whatsoever from, the, from a, the time he was born until he died to disobey God, to sin. He had, he had no sin whatsoever. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Jesus Christ, as a human being, was totally sinless. He could not die. But He did. In the book of John, chapter 19, John, chapter 19, and verses 17 through 37. Let's read that. John 19, verses 17 through 37. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him, two other with him, on either side one, and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. It was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier part and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. 
When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said, He saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. From that hour that disciple took her into his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there is said a vessel full of vinegar. They filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now we're going to skip over to verse uh, 36. And these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again another scripture saith, They shall look on him whom they pierced. They did not break the bone of Jesus like they did usually when they put someone on, on a cross to make sure they were dead. But they did put a spear through his side so the scripture would be fulfilled. And verse 41 of John 19 says, In the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Jesus, who came, born of a virgin, born without sin, died. But I said just a moment ago that the wages of sin is death, and he had no sin. So therefore they could not kill him, nor did they. They tried, but Jesus himself took upon himself the sins of all his people whose names are written in the book of life, all that have ever been saved, all who are saved today, and all who will be saved before he comes and takes his people to be with him. He had all of our sins on his shoulders. He had to die to pay for our sins. But they did not kill him. They tried. But he gave up the ghost. He not only took our sins, he willingly himself died for us. He died for his people. We see how he walked. He walked not only around performing all the miracles that we mentioned while he was here on earth, but at the very last of his journey in life, he carried his cross. Yes, they wanted to get up there in a hurry, so they took somebody out of the crowd and they put him, took the cross and put it on him to carry it up, but Jesus started bearing our cross. Bearing his cross, which was heavy with our sins. 
He walked to the tree upon which he was to die. He walked for us. He walked with you and me and all of those who are now with him, walking with him, and all those who will be sometime in the future. He walked carrying the cross for each one. He walked through this life being uh, doing good things, doing things for people, healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding the multitudes, and on and on. So as we walk in this life with Jesus, we walk doing things for people. That's why we have nurses and doctors. That's why we have hospitality, told to be hospitable, told to help and guide. As we walk in this life, We're not walking to build a house or to drive a car or to have a lot of great possessions. Our Lord gives us what we need. He provides that we can get those things very uh, as we go through this life. But we're not living here and walking here because we have a big home or we have a little home or, or because we have a car or any, any of the things like that. We walk here with Jesus. And we walk to look at others. We walk to see the needs of others. We walk to help and encourage one another and provide for others. We walk with Jesus. And our goal is not to see, uh, have people to be able to say, look at that mansion he lives in. Or look at that huge car that he rides in. But to see us as, there goes a child of God. There goes one who loves Jesus. I've said many times, when we talk to someone about loving Jesus, we don't have to, we shouldn't have to tell them we love Jesus. They should know that by our walk, how we live, and how we serve. When they come to our home, or when we meet them on the street, or wherever we go, do they see us walking with Jesus. He was crucified on the cross of Calvary for us. Let us walk with the thoughts of being there to help others. He carried his cross, as we read 
in 19, John 19, verse 17. And over in Luke 26, it says here too. Luke 26. Uh, 23, I'm sorry, and verse 26. Luke 23 and verse 26 says, As they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Serenian, coming out of the country. On him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. This is just to remind you. John says he bore the cross. Then they, 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 called, they called Simon Peter out of the, out of the, the crowd that was there and laid the cross on him. Jesus bore our cross. As they took it and laid it on John Simon, Jesus still walked. Simon Peter, I'm sorry. Jesus still walked with the burden of the cross on his shoulders. The burden of my sin, your sin, the sins of our loved ones that have gone on before, the sins of all the people that we've known down through the years that have been saved, He bore our sins. He carried the burden of the cross upon Himself. He was buried. Chapter Matthew, Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. And um, verse 57 through 61. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus Pilate. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, laid it in his own tomb, new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. He rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, sitting over against the sepulcher. He was buried. He took your sins and my sins. Over in the book of Jonah, chapter 2, Jonah chapter 2, it tells us here in um, chapter 1, I'm sorry, verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. As Jonah was in the belly of the fish, Three days and three nights, by the purpose of God who prepared the fish to swallow him. Jonah was there three days and three nights. And um, in John 3.36, John 3.36, well, I'm sorry, that's not the verse I wondered. 
Um, oh, here we are. John 19, verse 38. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple, uh, well, it's telling the same thing. I wanted to... um, uh, to have for you to see. Uh, Matthew twelve forty. Matthew twelve forty. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. I want you to read that because I want you to see this. Jesus was three days and three nights in the tomb. There he suffered our hell. He suffered the hell of all of God's people. Then he rose out of that grave, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Matthew 28, 28, verses 1 through 10. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. For fear of him, the keepers did shake and became his dead man. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear ye not ye, for I know ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Then it says in verse 8, They departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. Jesus rose from the dead, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Now, let's go back to what I said at the beginning. Why did Jesus come? He came to be our sacrifice lived a perfect life. He had no sin, but he took our sin, died on the cross of Calvary, was buried and during that time suffered our hell, rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And one more thought, and we'll close. Mark 16 and verse 19. Mark 16 and verse 19 says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, this was after he rose from the dead, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. They went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. 
Again, look at Luke chapter 24, verse 51. Luke 24 and verse 51. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was part, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Paul spoke of it in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 2 through 11. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together and asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and in the uttermost part of the earth. This is in keeping with the words that Jesus gave to the church just before he went back to heaven. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, though I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. This commission was not given to the disciples alone. They met with him as a church. This commission and what Paul said in the book of Acts is the commission given to his church, which includes all who are who believe in him and serve him. Follow him in baptism, serve him in his church. Our job is to walk with Jesus. In walking with Jesus, we are being the testimony that we're supposed to be to others, that they might see Jesus in us. Jesus in us, in me, in you. And while we walk with Him here on earth and let people know that that we love Jesus, God uses that to call more 
of the people that he has written in his book. We walk with Jesus because of what he did for us. We walk with Jesus because we're his servants. We walk with Jesus so that others can see Jesus in us. And we walk with him until the day comes that he takes us so that we can walk with him once again and see him in person and give praise to his name, praising him for the rest of our eternity. Praising God. As a child of God, as one that has been blessed by a Savior who loved us so much, a Savior who's with us during all of our life, I could tell you time and again places I've been in the world that I know that my Lord was with me or I wouldn't be here today. You can do the same thing. Because we know He walks with us. We know He walks, He's in us and with us. He goes before us and behind us and with us all of our life. Sometimes, We're not where we ought to be or what we ought to be. But he never fails us. And as our loved ones, family, friends, are now walking with Jesus and seeing him, you and I have that same Jesus walking with us and in us, watching over us, and we have the pleasure, the honor of being able to walk with Him. Let's never forget Him. And as we thank God, for the memories that we have. Let's remember at the same time. Thank you, Jesus, for walking with them and walking with us. And let's serve him. Let's be his servants like we're supposed to be. And never fail as we go through this life waiting till we can see our Lord once again shall we stand to be dismissed Steve dismisses in order of prayer